We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch, 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, the managing editor for Rams Talk. And this is our Monday night edition of the show. It is media day for Super Bowl 53, and that meant all kinds of talk and talk and talk. Nothing real big, nothing real controversial came out this week, or sorry, today, the exception of a comment made by Nikhil Roby Coleman, which we'll be covering. And um, also later on, we'll have Rams all-time leading passer Jim Everett on the show to discuss 
the game, and maybe, maybe, maybe I can get a prediction of them. Just maybe that can happen. All right, before we move forward, I do want to ask you, hey, we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. If you can go any of those places you listen, leave us a review, give us a rating, subscribe. We really appreciate that. If you're in iTunes, a five-star review really helps us out. And don't forget to for our other shows. Don't forget to find our shows on the network at Rampage Radio and Butting Heads. And also, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks Hollywood's team, Great Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out us on the story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spend the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwasteam.com and on Twitter at hallwasteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's team through various other booksellers on the internet. Folks, I've read this book cover to cover. It's worth every penny. It's not all that expensive. Trust me on this one. It's a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Check it out. It's Hollywood's team, Great Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. All right, so check it out. Nikhil Roby Coleman does a interview with Bleacher Reports, Troy Dune. Is that why I'm reading this right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Let's see here. Making sure I got this thing right. Tyler Dune. My bad. Tyler Dune. Okay, we'll make sure I give credit here. This is what he said today during, um, I think it was in like the last 24 hours, and he commented more on it later on during the, the media scrum. Age has definitely taken a toll. He's talking about Brady here. For him to still be doing it, that's a great compliment for him. But I think that he's definitely not the same quarterback he was. Movement, speed, velocity, arm strength, he can still sling it, but he's not slinging as much. Whatever he was doing, because of his age and all that, he's not doing as much of that anymore. He's still doing the same things, he's just not doing as much of it. And sometimes, it's not the sharpest, but it still gets done. Alright, so a couple things about Brady here. First, I don't think, I know some Rams fans are upset that he said this, that, um... This is going to motivate the Patriots. Listen, the Patriots have been there and done that. At this point, this is all business for them. They don't need quotes to get them motivated for a game. They're already there. This is what they. This is their culture. Now, no matter how you feel about the Patriots, one can hope that we build that same winning culture within the Los Angeles Rams for the years to come. Okay? But I don't see this quote even... They don't care about that. that. That's not that's not big for them. That's Bush League to them. They, they're not going to worry about it. All right. For the Rams, things like this are different. And let me explain what I mean. For the Rams, it's one of those cases where they are already ticked off. And they're coming with attitude. Every step of the way this year, they've been doubted. They were doubted after the Bears game. They were doubted after the Eagles game. They were doubted even as they entered the playoffs because Cowboys. Heck, they were doubted going to New Orleans. Every time their back has been against the wall this year, the Rams have responded. And I don't think this is any different. So for the Rams, I think they're ticked. I think they're going in this game. They're they're focused. They're motivated. 
different teams, different situations, these things have an effect on you. And I think Roby Coleman is reflecting that. You've never heard him say things like this. And if you have, it has never been news before. All of a sudden, it's news. It's all of a sudden out there. But I think the Rams have a chip on their shoulder for this game. The Patriots are favored by two and a half to three points. 96%, I think, was the last source I saw of the bets in Vegas were for the Patriots. Nobody thinks the Rams are going to win this game. No one. Even though it's a, it's a decent matchup for the Rams. They have some advantages to so the Patriots. It's not going to be a blowout. These games, this is going to be a close game. The Rams have been blown out all year. And every time they've been close to getting blown out, they've come back. So what I see on the side of Roby Coleman here is some of that chip of the shoulder. So, again, two different teams, two different situations for the Patriots. They've been there, done them. This is their ninth Super Bowl during that era. Okay? For the Rams, they, they have a whole different situation going on right now. And I think they're starting to show a little bit of that chip on their shoulder. Now, in terms of fact-based stuff, Tom Brady this year completed 375 out of 570 passes for 65.8 yards, for 43.55 yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's in line with his entire career. His QBR was even a little higher than Goff's. His pass rate was 97.7. He threw for 272.2 yards a game, which is still higher than his 2014 numbers and his 2013 numbers and his 2010 numbers. So if, you, if you're looking for a shred of truth in what Roby Coleman is saying, there is some there. And that is when Tom Brady's in the pocket. He's just not as comfortable there. He doesn't move as well. He's 41 freaking years old. He's going to show a little bit less movement there. He's never been a scrambler. He's never been anything more than a pocket quarterback. He's one of the he is. He might be the best pocket passer in history. Okay? His quick release, his ability to read defenses, his experience he brings, his leadership, all those things make him who he is. But let's not act like the age doesn't show at all. It does a little bit. But it might not matter. The Rams have to get pressure on him for that to show. And the Patriots have given up 21 sacks in 18 games this year, including the postseason. So for the Rams, there has to be more movement there. They have to get pressure up front. And again, the Patriots have their advantages as well. So we'll see. I'm not too worried about the Roby Coleman comments. Okay, now time for Jim Everett. I know I'm moving quickly here, guys, but it's it's getting late here. I want to get Jim Everett on. Um, before we do, we do want to throw one last shout-out to our sponsor, Sal Martinez. Folks, if you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and you like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Gold Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis and has kept the line on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia out there. It's a Rams Hall of Fame. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. 
give Sal a call. All right, so here you go. Here's my interview with Jim Everett. All right, folks, I am here with Jim Everett, the Rams all-time leading passer. Now, I don't know. I don't, you know what? People don't know that, Jim. Well, they also don't know that you're the uh, the Rams all-time freshest podcaster. Either, you know? <laughs> don't tell the guys over at Downtown Rams that. <laughs> So Not fresh like that, you know, like lit, you know what I'm saying? I'm totally lit. So yeah, you know, and tonight, you know, by the way, the reason I bring that up is because I was guessing on the Blitzed NFL podcast and they were doing some kind of like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire thing, but they were doing it with alcohol. And so the person would, they would be asked a Rams trivia question. And if they didn't know the answer or a Patriots trivia question, but it was a Rams fan doing it they would get a phone a friend, so they phoned me. And the question they asked me was, who is the Rams' all-time leading passer? And I just said to them, you guys got to try harder than that. That's not me. I mean, seriously, that's the best you got? And I said, it's, it is Jim Everett. It's the guy I'm interviewing for my podcast tonight. Final answer. And the guy's like, man, that's definitive. So yeah, that's right. It's our freaking definitive. Well, it's, people don't know that we, we got each other on speed dial. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> hit us with a tough one. Hit, hit us with somebody, I mean, Holger or somebody. Like, somebody. Somebody close. They couldn't, you know, they could not, they couldn't ask me about like who's like the fourth passer on the list. It's Roman Gabriel, but I mean, they couldn't even. Derek, I'm telling you, the way the way golf's going, that record's going to be gone probably next uh, next year. Geez, I'm yeah, thinking uh, if he's four thousand a year, that's twelve thousand in three years. He's at nine now, so he's breaking your record in probably four years. Easily before, I mean, it's like okay, one contract done. But I mean, look at Tom Brady. I mean, going. I don't mean to diverse, but he's been with the same team seventeen years. I mean, think about all the records he's going to have that's going to stand forever. Same coach. 17 years. I mean, talk about that franchise. His records are going to be forever standing within that because I just don't see how anyone um, could ever match up with those records that he's setting over New England. And it's bananas. It really, it's totally bananas on how he's still doing that. And I guess that's what, you know, the first thing I want to ask you about because if we're looking at the matchups of quarterbacks, it, it looks like, I mean, I'm happy with golf. I'm happy with development. But it looks like a mismatch if you're looking at quarterbacks and you're looking at quarterback play. You have one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, against a guy who's in his third year. And in a lot of ways, is his second year because you don't. I'm not sure you count the Jeff Fisher year. And a guy who still has a lot of growing to do in the game. Meanwhile, Brady's been there, done that, seen it all. So if you are a young quarterback like Jared Goff, how do you mentally prepare? To be across the field from a guy like okay, All right, let's let's go right back to our Rams trivia Super Bowl thirty six, greatest show on turf. It was the St. Louis Rams playing some rookie quarterback named Tom Brady. How do you go against Kurt Warner, who's throwing up you know five hundred points a game, this and that? Mm-hmm. Well, Belichick had the Rams down seventeen to three going in the fourth quarter on that game. So I mean. And and all he was doing was playing check down Charlie, hitting the backs. So, you know, don't give me this stuff about that there's no contest. It doesn't look on paper. The game's not played on paper. It's gonna be, it's gonna be played on the field. Golf is gonna have great opportunities. I don't think you go out there and say, hey, golf is the next Dan Marino. 
and fire it up 50 times. I don't think that's what you do, but that's not what Tom Brady did when he won his first Super Bowl. They ran the ball. They checked the ball. They had two, uh, three big turnovers, and that's what Belichick wants to do. That's what McVay wants to do. Well, how do you how do you make um, New England turn the ball over? How do you make them go on downs, make them go long fields, put pressure on Brady? You know, I think that having Sue and Donald jar the ball loose, make sure it's not one of those you know calls like they had with Oakland, where where the ball was not moving forward, but you know it wasn't a uh, they called it a forward pass, but it was really mm-hmm. a fumble. So I mean, I think they're going to look for the big key thing is going to be the turnover game, the defensive game, and who. Who wins the turnover battle is probably going to be Super Bowl champs, but I don't think you ask golf to to overplay his head on the biggest game ever. I think you you know you manage it. You ask Gurley to play the biggest game he's ever had. And and I and the matchup now behind that offensive line, Gurley and now C.J. Anderson. To me, that's that's a dream. If the if the Patriots had any kind of weakness this year. It was stopping the run for much of the year, you know. So yep. if if that's the case, to me the idea is attack, 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 attack that front line, that front seven with the running game, and then play action from that point forward. Is that the mindset you take in, or what else? Yeah, absolutely. And they're not a big sack team. They're not. A, they're not. A, they're, what they are is they play, you know, kind of loosey goosey between the twenties, and then they make sure that you don't score. But they're twenty and in, and uh, defense is very good. I think they're. I think top four in the league as far as scoring defense. So I don't think that they're, you know, they're not out there looking for the big splash plays, and that's Belichick light. They're just looking at going out in blue collar, making sure you earn every, every down. And when it gets in the 20, inside the 20, then that's when they'll stay, you know, that's when they, you know, want to try to get you. But I think McVay knows that. I don't think they're, they're too worried about that. The other thing I see the big disparity between the two teams, between the Patriots and the Rams, is that the Patriots don't have Brandon Cooks. They don't have someone to take the top off the defense like we do. Mm-hmm. And so they have to respect Brandon Cooks, which allows all the other gamut things to do. Is Chris Hogan going to actually beat us this game? I hope not. But I think with our two shutdown corners, I think you have a, a better opportunity to then maybe double Edelman, double Gronk, um, make sure White doesn't beat you with his Charlie check downs all day long because that's what they're going to do. Now, on – for that, for that passing game for the Patriots, you're right. They don't have that speed guy up top, and that was one of the main reasons I was excited about this matchup. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the guys they have involved. They are very well rounded. James White, Sony Michelle. I mean, they they have three guys really. Rex Burkhead. They get just out of the backfield alone. Um, Gronk is coming on. You have you have. Um, Gee, his name is slipping off my head all of a sudden. Uh, Edelman, Edelman, gee, Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you have a bunch of guys who play a role. They make plays. They run routes well. And the Rams on the flip side have a, a defense that's come on late in the year. So what would be your defensive game plan against an offense that does, isn't great up top, but they have okay. a lot of key they cogs? Do. They do. They, they have a lot of possession receivers. I mean, that's, that's what they have. So playing a possession receiver game, the ball's going to come out quick because they don't want Brady lit up. As they know that, you know, if, 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 if the refs in New Orleans called any bit of holding against Aaron Donald, every other play would have been a holding call. But I mean, they weren't complaining about the other ref calls, but that's, Aaron Donald is, he plays his game. He's unblockable. Um, 
So they're going to aim everyone to do the quick quick pass. So Wade Phillips knows that. The other part is you're not playing Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. You're playing, you know, you're playing the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. We know he's going to be at point A, and he doesn't get to point B and C very quickly without a play fake. So I think that, you know, what New England will try to do is, is make sure that they get a good dose of run so that Sue, Sue and, and, and Donald can't just go flying upfield and just attack Brady. They have to establish some sort of run, run with Sony. But um, the other part is you know where Tom Brady's going to be, so you light him up. And make him make him get rid of that ball quick. So, you know, I think the defensive backs are going to be ready for that. And I think that's what you do. I don't think that's going to be a full out pressure. Tom Brady's too smart for that all the time. You can't you can't do one thing all the time and expect to fool Tom Brady. He's beyond that point. But you do light him up, and that's what they did to in Super Bowl Thirty Six with Kurt Warner. They lit him up, and that affected their offense. And that's why I see the Rams doing. Now, when I talked to Matt Chatham, he's a guy who writes for Nesson for Athletic Boston, played for the Patriots for many years, um, does a Patriots podcast, and I asked him that very same question about getting getting pressure on Brady, and he kind of chuckled and said, no team really does it. How, his, his release is so quick, how are you going to get pressure on him? They've only given out 21 sacks this year in 18 games, including two postseason games. So mm-hmm. is it really about Gain the sack or just enough pressure to force bad, force bad throws. What? Yeah, yeah, he's going to get rid of the ball quick. I mean, we all, we all, you know, no one's playing the position. It's like I'd re- I'd really get that incomplete. And Jared Goff does a very, very good job of this, rather than take the eight yard loss. So, I mean, that's probably one of the best things I've seen Jared Goff throw the ball away a number of times. Where it's like, you know, hey, the play's not there. Let's come back and do the next one. Tom does it extremely well but what i've seen tom do is throw a couple question marks out there and he's gotten away with them but you know i think that you know if you if you're rushing them and it might be a rush rush hands up um type thing just to get in his view make him feel a little pressure make him feel hurried those things help it doesn't mean you have to get the sack but you get the pressure and hands up but the a gap on both, you know, the center, mm-hmm. for the people that know football, you got the center and then you got the two guards. But it's those two gaps right in there within the A gap um, that will affect Tom Brady the most because he does not, he shuffles, but he does not move. And the one thing I've noticed this year for him, and this kind of goes along, I don't know if you saw Roby Coleman's comments that made the news all over the day. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, but, the, you know, there is one thing I've, he said that, he, he, there is some truth there. He's 41 years old. He looks like he's 31. He, yes, the numbers don't show, but there's one thing that I've noticed just watching film is he's not as fluid as he used to be in the pocket. He He's 41. He's mm-hmm. just, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's not, there's no fountain of youth out there, no matter how hard we try. And just a little bit different than he was just 10 years ago. And so I can see why Roby Cohen would say that. And I'm looking at this game thinking, just enough, just enough pressure to make him uncomfortable back there. And the one thing our defense does very well is it creates turnovers. Mm-hmm. They just need a couple. Well, and you know the part that you, you've watched film on Tom Brady, and, and mm-hmm. we all see it. Peyton Manning went through it. Drew Brees is going through it. Um, 
I mean, he still has good pop on the ball. Not the same as he had, but, you know, he, Tom hadn't always played with him. He hadn't always thrown big cannonballs, but he's got great timing and, and good precision with the receivers. How you disrupt that is, is going to be helpful for the Rams. Um, but I think you were referring earlier about the Fountain of Youth. You're, you're telling me that his deep, uh, TB12 food line is the Fountain of Youth? <laughs> No, I, you know, I don't buy all that. You know, I think, hey, I, I believe you can slow it down. I do believe you can slow it down. I believe in today's nutritional world you can you can slow things down, but nah, nah. No. I mean, it'll get you eventually. I think I, I think Tom Brady somewhere in his magical pocket has a has a has a you know blue pill for the game or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Which pill you take, the blue pill or the red pill? I don't know. I think he's got the he's got football Viagra stuck in his pocket. I know he does. <laughs> Well, I can go so many different places with that, but it's a family show, so we can just say <laughs> So, um, I guess I guess I'm going to ask him that you could, uh, maybe you're saving it, but do you have a prediction for the game? I do. I do. I, I I like the Rams in this game. One of the reasons why I like the Rams in this game, and it's it's proven. You know, I'm sitting there watching the New England people are nervous as heck. There, I don't, I don't, you know, Tom Brady's trying to plead that he's the underdog. He's trying to plead all these different things, but there's been so much talk from the people from New England. I know they're worried, and it's it's funny I see this because it's like I think the Rams are going to win a little bit bigger than people think. I think it's going to be forty-two, thirty-one Rams. Wow. Hey, and by the way, I had Michael Stewart on last mm-hmm. week, your your former teammate, and he had the Rams winning by twenty-eight, fourteen. He's gotten by two touchdowns too. Well, I, I think if, if if our defensive line does what they can do and our corners cover, I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure covering White because that's going to be – Littleton's going to have a lot of pressure. I know he had some with Kamara the other day, but White's the White's cagey, and uh, we got to make sure that those little shutdown things aren't there. He doesn't have anywhere to go. He doesn't have over off the top. Um, guy, and, and uh, maybe Hogan makes some lucky plays or double moves by Edelman, but that's what it's going to take to get over the top. Um, but otherwise, it's going to be a grind by them. And if we get the Rams, you know, get to shake the rust off and just play their game, um, I don't see, you know, when Atlanta played New England and they had a 28-3 lead, I wouldn't see him being able to come back against a Rams defense like they did against Atlanta. Now, there, I, I need your expertise here on just being as a player. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I'm of the mindset here. The Rams, to me, are they're so different than they were three years ago. I, I can look at the, the team three years ago, four years ago, and think that team lacked character. Mm-hmm. They lacked mental toughness. I look at it now, the last two years, and every time this franchise has been challenged in the last two years, they've stepped up. After mm-hmm. the Bears, Eagles, they went back to the drawing board. They fixed a lot of things. We saw a lot of changes in how they handled their business. Yeah, for the Cowboys game, we saw what they did. Nobody expected them to do with the Cowboys what they did. And then going down to New Orleans and winning that game. And, and, and the game really, all the controversies aside, beginning second quarter, the Rams dominated that game. Totally. They, they outplayed in the second half, and I don't think there's any Saint that could say any different. So, and, the game, and the Saints gained 50 yards on offense? That's not offense for Saints. No, it's, and I'm, a, I'm a Saints fan. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm looking at it going, hey, where are they? I'm, I, I'm, yeah, three. I think it was at the first quarter the Saints had almost 200 yards, and the rest of the game they had like 78 or 80 yeah, or something. It was like that. a complete shutdown. You can blame it on whatever, but if they take care of their business, the Rams wouldn't even be close, but they didn't. And 
you know, they, they want to cry over a call, but whatever. There's there's all sorts of stuff going on. But I'm an advocate for offenses. I love watching offenses, and that game to me in the second half for the Saints. While it's, it was like, oh god, oh god, <laughs> just thinking duck on that one drive. But I guess what I'm going at though is, you know, I'm I'm this team to me. And I think I to me, and maybe I'm maybe I'm overanalyzing it. But even Roby Coleman's comments. They seem to have a chip on their shoulder. Like they're kind of ticked off that that their credibility for this game is constantly being questioned now by the media. New Orleans people aren't letting go. We're seeing reports from Adam Schefter about you know the the four officials being down there in SoCal. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the real question I have for you: all that is again, I'm an outsider watching this, and I'm thinking, man, if I'm a player right now, I'm focused, I'm ticked, I have something to prove. But you were that player. Mm-hmm. How are these players thinking right now? They're. Just, I mean, honestly, Derek, it's it's not that difficult. They've been they've been informed that you know they're about to enter the circus, you know the, the, the you know the fun zone, and you know you don't really want to get stuck in all that stuff. And they've got a job to do. They've got the game plan already, and you know, and put in. They did it last week. They know what their responsibilities are. They're going through it. Um, and they're, you know, honing in. There's probably some other calls that they're going to be working on, but most of the stuff is already implemented by the time they go. Um, I think you can talk about a chip. I think you're talking about pride. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think the nation respects the Rams. I don't, I just don't, you know, I mean, they, they want to try to bring in Fisher. They want to try to bring in LA can't do football. They're trying to every soft spot that anyone could ever imagine. They're trying to bring it up. And the fact is, is when they win, you know, then they're kind of come up with something else like, well, they can't do it again, or they can't do this or that, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but I think they have a good squad. I think we go back to the first part of the year. They were talking about, oh, they're bringing in all these personalities. Can these personalities be managed in this one locker room? You know, you're getting Tlaib, you're getting Marcus Peters, you're getting Sue, you're getting, you know, Brandon Cooks. You're getting, I mean, how is this going to be? Um, I think all those have been answered. And I think that's been answered with strength. And it's been surprising. And I think that's when you bring in character. And I don't think Wade Phillips backs down from anybody with character if they're a player. Um, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he's probably one of the biggest characters on the planet and absolutely mm-hmm. love him. But um, I think we're blessed to have that yin and yang between the offensive coordinator, our head coach, and our defensive coordinator, and bring in some personalities of guys that actually have some cojones that are you know, not going to back down from anybody. All right, so last question here. Okay, and this is a little more personal. Mm-hmm. You, you, this, you, you played for quite a few years for the Rams. You were, you know, at one point you were the franchise quarterback. You took this team to playoffs twice. You, mm-hmm. um, when I first talked to you years ago, uh, we talked about the economics of the game and, and why we think the Rams are going to come back to L.A. Now the Rams are back. You are. And you're heavily involved. You're everywhere, and you're pretty much you, you're in the family now. Like you, not like not that you never yeah. were, but yeah. you're there all the time. And was it meant to you to be a part of all of this and see it happening in front of your of your very eyes? Well, it's it's been pretty amazing. I mean, it, I mean, for for a team to come back to Los Angeles and you know then then 
not only come back, but make a dedication to win. I mean, there's there's 32 teams, and if you really look at it, Derek, there's kind of like a bell curve. You know, there's times when, you know, teams are getting better or they're younger, getting better, they can bring in some talent, they're played at the top, then all of a sudden they slide down that bell curve where, you know, it seems like the Patriots avoid it. But I do believe the Patriots on the, are on the back end of that bell curve, sliding down talent-wise. Good enough to beat AFC, good enough to win, good enough to have experience. But to get to the point where I think the Rams are still on the upswing on that curve, um, and that was kind of the neat thing to see. I know when I became a Ram, I felt like there was came to an older team, and we were kind of on the downslide, and we just didn't retool as much. But mm-hmm. the fact that the Rams are here, they're back in Los Angeles. I live here. I kind of like rooting for the home team. I mean, why wouldn't we? I mean, I know there's a lot of people from Los Angeles that are from all over the United States, and I see the fans in the stands, but – I don't mind rooting for the home team. I kind of like it. And so I am. And it's kind of neat to know the associated with them. And, and it's been, been kind of a, a fun ride. I mean, it really has. And if anybody's ever questioning, hey, do I want to be a Rams fan or do I want to stay with my home team that's back in Green Bay or back in Atlanta or back in Dallas or what? I'm like, wear some horns. Try them out. It's kind of fun. I mean, they, I mean, they, they, everyone's trying to emulate this 33-year-old head coach. I mean, because he's doing something pretty damn cool. It's kind of fun to watch it. And if you like football, why, why not watch some of the really good stuff that's being played right in your own backyard? You know, the amazing thing about that, too, is, well, one, for McVay, every, everybody's trying to find the McVay now. The, yeah. the NFL's a copycat league. They're all trying to find the McVay. Well, they're not going to – there's only one McVay. <laughs> he got a lot of he got a lot of history. People don't realize, you know, his grandpa and his whole family, the whole 49er connection, and then the Grudens. And the, I mean, he's been eating, breathing this stuff since he, you know, was wearing diapers. So to try to replace that with with just some young guy with some experience is impossible. But but let's get to the point. McVay was a great hire, some good vision. Les Snead has been doing a good job. Demoff's been doing a Kevin Demoff's been doing a good job of, you know, hands-on, but hands-off to let the football guys make the decision. That was a little bit different than the times that I was here. It seemed like Mm -hmm. the head office wanted to make some of the calls, and I think you see that around the NFL. Well, let your football guys make the football calls and let them, you know, win or lose based off of their decisions, not, you know, what marketing thinks or what, you know, fans think or whatever. Go with a plan. Have a plan. I mean, Belichick's plan has been pretty damn good. And been doing it for a long time, too. Yeah, he trades guys left and right. I mean, look at him getting rid of Brandon Cooks because he's, he's not going to pay him $16 million a year because it doesn't fit with their down, the, you know, their older team and their salary cap problems. They can't afford Brandon Cooks. So rather than, you know, let, let him go free agent and getting a, a compensatory third-round pick, they trade him for a first-round pick. Is he good? Dame right he is, but they just couldn't afford him. And they, but you know what? It was a trade that worked out for both teams. You know, and I, I'm happy with Brandon Cooks. I, I, I'm thrilled to have the guy on the team. He's been great and such a good character guy, too. And, again, we, the character work keeps coming up in our conversation, but this team has that character that we didn't have, and I think that's why they're in the Super Bowl. I honestly think that. It's every every team's like a chemistry set, and you got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you want sometimes that chemistry set, when you have all those different elements and you put them in one beaker, it just makes it makes a good good mix, you know. It's something something that goes down easy and and is powerful and just works. And I've been on teams that have it, 
have you know teams that you know it's it's like putting you know acid and and uh, uh, and uh, you know uh, baking soda together. It's like you know bubbles all up and it's just not right. So so it's a the guys who are putting it together are doing a good job. Again, kudos to Les Snead or Tom, uh, with uh, Sean McVay. And the great thing about McVay, talking about his communication, not only with the players in preparation of this week, but he spent so much time with Les Snead explaining each position what exactly he's looking for. I mean, they spent weeks together. Left tackle, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want that. So when it got time to draft time, when a guy like Cooper Cup comes up, he's like, that's my guy. Matter of fact, Cooper Cup reminds me of Sean McVay in college, almost drafting himself because that's what Cooper Cup is. We've missed him. We haven't talked about him. I think this offense still misses him, um, and I can't wait. And hopefully he gets healthy and comes back and, and does a good job. But, you know, it's those types of things when you're going through, Wade Phillips, this is what I want on defense. I want I want a Tlaib-type defender. Well, let's go get Tlaib. Well, you know, and, and – they, it's not plug and play. It's not a guess. It's not like you're just going out there and getting some sort of, you know, big guy that just runs the forty and, you know, four flat but can't play football. Gotcha. Big difference. Yeah, and that's that. I think that was what was missing for all the years in the, in the drafts with uh mm-hmm. with Jeff Fisher and, and you know um, I don't I I know Les Snead made some mistakes in that process as well, but you know you get the right combination together and Snead and McVay are a right combination and it works. Well, if you tell me what a Jeff Fisher offense is, then maybe I could figure out what kind of players would fit in that. But he doesn't have one. Now, Sean McVay is as important on the defensive side because he knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly who he wanted as a defensive coordinator. He knows exactly the type of player to play each one of the positions. That's why they got the guys they got. And it works. Yeah, it works. And it works. And that makes you wonder what they're going to do this offseason. But well, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> hey, hey, let's just let's just take this week and roll with Atlanta. Have a good time. Hey, Derek, I just want to let you know that on Sunday before the Super Bowl game, I am actually hosting with the NFL alumni a little, little brunch between 11 and 2 um, in Atlanta. So if anybody is in Atlanta, come over and uh, break bread with us, and then we'll head over to the game. Okay, well, where is it at so, where, so people know where to find you? Well, it's the end of a, that's a good question. I gotta look. It's on my, it's on my Twitter page. <laughs> now you're gonna put me on the spot. It's, it's over there. It's in Atlanta. Somewhere in that city. All right, folks, you know, here's the easy one. Check out Jim's Twitter feed, okay, which you should should be following anyways. If you want to laugh, if you want (laughs) to, you should be following his Twitter feed. So there you go. (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you what, half the stuff I put on there, please take with a grain of salt, because I'm either ribbing somebody or just making jokes or even making fun of myself. So I just love it. I think social media is a great way for branding and, you know, communication, as long as it's, it's used in a, you know, appropriate way where you know harm in somebody and and but i think it's you know oh i just get a kick out i mean well, man it's good i've never seen you lead a mob on there either that's a good sign uh you haven't seen what i'm sorry i haven't seen you lead a mob on there yet i mean <laughs> so that's good you haven't tart and third anybody yet so that's good uh, all right <laughs> maybe i'll start something up with the barstool guys because i mean those guys are just crazy patriot fans <laughs> but it's funny that they have to come out so blistering because they're worried. You know, and I haven't got the sense of that, so I'm glad I get to get that from you. I've been so focused on just talking to guys, and the, the Patriots guy I talked to was, you know, from, again, Chatham. He was very confident in the conversation. But, you know, he also told me he hasn't saved the Rams yet. 
So he'll they don't the even know the Rams. I mean, t- trust me, the, we don't watch the AFC that closely. I mean, we do with the Chargers. I get that. But, I mean, as far as the household names of the linebackers, the offensive linemen, and they don't know the Rams. They don't, they don't know them at all. And, and they're just thinking, oh, yeah, one of those guys out there. Um, they'll know the Rams. They'll be household names soon. All right. Well, I promise you a, sh- a, a shorter interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before I go on to my next tangent question, uh, you know, we'll talk to you again after the game, I'm sure. Can you let folks know again where to find you on Twitter is if they don't already know? Well, yeah. Hey, look me up on Twitter at, uh, uh Jim Ender- underscore, uh, Everett. And, uh, anyways, I, I'm on there. Uh, check me out and, uh, you know, shoot me a line, hit me a follow. Uh, you know, I usually try to communicate back with uh, anyone. If if you're kind of into Twitter, um, I'll follow you. Um, if you're just, you know, you got like two or three, your mom and dad following you, I probably won't. But <laughs> you, got, you got a number of followers, I'll, I'll join. I want to I want to connect and and uh, and enjoy. So um, uh, just take it with a grain of salt, though. But right. I look forward to seeing everybody on Twitter and. and I think the Rams fans are, are strong. I, I, I tell you that we are on Twitter. It's, it's, we're having an absolute ball. And there's some good good Ram fans, hardcore Ram fans, too. I mean, just saw a guy get a tattoo already on his arm with the championship. Yeah, like, already. Oh, already. What are you going to do if they lose? Well, they're not going to lose. Well, fair enough, dude. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're seeing it to a game. So we, went to, uh, we went to the Detroit game, and there was a massive pack of – Rams fans right down there in the corner of the end zone. We were there. That's where we were too. And mm-hmm. so they're traveling more than they did before. We're starting to see the popularity of the franchise grow as, you know, as well, they're what, doing what's, something. What's not fair is, you know, in the middle of December, the people in Green Bay really want to get the heck out of there and come to Southern California. So they are going to travel well. But when it comes to December, how many Southern Californians are going to want to travel to um, La Crosse, Wisconsin, or, you know, Green Bay up there where it's freezing, and go watch that? Maybe, nah, I'm going to watch it on my TV and then go surf. Are you kidding well, me? I think well, – oh, I also think that people forget that, you know, the L.A. fans were used to being in sports bar for 20 years. True. You know? True. We're spoiled watching it on TV. I mean, cause that's all we could do with football. The other thing about what I like to see, Derek, and is that the influence, we've got, what, 30, 40 million people in this basin, whatever it might be, watching good football. Imagine all the 10-year-olds that say, hey, I get to watch football every weekend now, and it's my Rams, and it's really good, and they're really fun. And, I mean, the fan base, especially the 10-year-olds, because I think that's when you develop your heroes, is going to be huge. Um, as I talked to guys, and I, you know, I was just on another podcast a second ago, and he's a big fan. He's from New Jersey, and and he was ten years old, and Rams win, and he loved the horns ever since. Well, but you, you, you're you're hitting the nail there because when did I start watching you play? I started watching you play when I was ten years old. There you go. And, you know, and and it was my fourteenth birthday that you sent me that picture with the autograph on it, and so <laughs> you know. That matters. I mean, it's, it's a neat personal story, but that, that, and the part of me thinks this is why the Rams actually need to win this game because you are trying to build that fan base and get the Super Bowl champion mm-hmm. in LA right now. Mm-hmm. Trying to build that fan base would be huge. It's, it's huge. It's just game, this game's huge on a bunch of different levels, but then on the other sense, from a player standpoint, it's, it's just the game. You got to stay loose and go out mm-hmm. and play your game. So yeah, I mean, 
the implications on on winning, losing, being world champions is is absolutely far because you you know you pretty much put yourself in all record books of all times. Um, and I think that will will happen. I hope it happens this Sunday. Um, and I'll be there to watch it, and it'll be awesome. I, I really do hope that they, they play well and play loose. Um, even though I think they'll be a little tight early, I'll, I'll I will think I think this team's going to be, you know, a little tight. But then once they realize, hey, we just got to get out here and just do it, then I think it happens. That's how it happened in New Orleans too. So, yeah. All right. Well, I, I will let you go because we, I could talk with you for hours. Uh, again, folks, check out Jim Everett on Twitter. Jim, thanks so much for taking your time. Always appreciate it. And we'll, we'll have you on again soon. Hey, hey Derek. Hey, the other thing, since we're on speed dial, just, just make sure you check your phone because you've been butt dialing like every other night. Are we all right with that? I, I wasn't trying to be a creeper. I promise. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> hey, Derek. Go, let's talk again. Talk to you, buddy. Take care. <laughs> All right, folks, that was our interview with Jim Everett. Just, um, I still, um, I'm still thankful to have gotten to know Jim a little bit over the years. He's always welcome to come on our show. He's always willing to come on our show. Um, even at age 40 now, he still remains this childhood hero, the, what he did for me as a kid, just uh, a kid who was struggling a lot. And he sent an interview, uh, an autograph picture back to me. I've never forgotten it. I've never forgot that act of kindness and the character that he, played the game with okay so really need to have him on all right so folks we're entering our sponsorship rotation if you would like to enter uh, like to work with us all right folks also before we go we're entering our sponsorship rotation um, it begins in February. If you'd like to advertise with us for this next season, beginning with free agency and the draft and so on and so forth, reach out to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. Uh, we do a lot of work, and we need to keep the lights on. So, again, if you are interested in working with us, our numbers have been fantastic. We've been setting records for our for, um, listenership our records, our personal records, in the last week, and I anticipate the more people that get to know us, it will just keep growing. All right, so there you go. There's my pitch for that. It is time to go. We'll be back tomorrow night with our prediction show, our roundtable. Um, if it's long enough, we'll split it over two episodes. We also have a couple different Patriots guys coming on throughout the week uh, just to give us more insight on New England and uh, we can learn more about what this team is about this season. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo, D-C-I-A-P-A-L-A. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, all those places. We're also on online radio at IEBeatRadio.com. They play our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. For the entire Rams Talk team, this is Derek C. Apollo. Take it easy. The Super Bowl's almost here. That's right. Almost here. It's almost time. We'll be back tomorrow night. Peace.
can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.